I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please, sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I am your host, Doug Bobst, and I am here with a very special guest. This is a guy who I've been following since I became a trainer. I remember him on The Biggest Loser, and I remember just seeing him um, you know, training the, the people on the show and just like I could really relate to his ability to get inside the minds of the people he was working with because as someone who had a similar journey as far as having someone help shift my mindset, he reminded me a lot of, of my cellmate and who empowered me to kind of use fitness to change my life and what he what he did. And that person I'm here with is Dolvet Quince. Dolvet, you may recognize for him from The Biggest Loser. He was on seven seasons there. He is also a New York Times bestselling author and just an all-around good dude. And I'm really excited um, for you guys to get his perspective on adversity, empowerment, um, and the kind of stuff he's doing. So Dolvet, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me, Doug. Uh, remind me to pay you later for all those nice words. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll send you my Venmo. Uh, um, so, you know, I know like, you know, many people who are listening or, or know you, they see you from The Biggest Loser and that's kind of maybe part of what you know they know you for. But I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit more than that just from doing a lot of research on you. And that know that you're just like a lot of we see trainers, right? And everyone's like, yeah, they've always been fit. They've had life easy. They've always had a six pack. And and I know your life hasn't been easy. So take us back. I know like you battled a lot of adversity as a kid going through uh, being adopted and what that like, you know, felt like and with that, how that empowered you. Like, so take us back a little bit on your journey and, and where, where that got you today. Yeah, I mean, um, it's no secret now, you know, usually I do these interviews. It's always uh, that story of when I was adopted, you know, being uh, the third born of four kids and, you know, us being separated at a very young age and then reunited and finding some adopted parents who were nice enough to take all four of us in to keep us together, you know, um, but put a comma in that it was also difficult. It had its challenges because they were very set in their ways. They were very, um, um I would say overly disciplinaries, you know, in the sense that they just really did not worry about the beating and the insults and the, and the, the pain that came along with you're not good enough. You won't, we won't be, you won't be shit. So, um, I had to navigate through a lot of emotional self, um, acceptance, I had to navigate through a lot of, uh, uh, physical pain. And, and value, you know, I really didn't understand or know my value until I became a young adult because I was told that it wasn't enough, you know, I wasn't enough. Yeah, and like how does, how do you think, so there's a lot of people that are listening and I think people, they they feel when they go through stuff like that as a, as a kid that they're not going to be enough, that they have these insecurities that they're now taking with them, not only from a, a child to a teenager, but into adulthood. How did you kind of how did you kind of navigate the, those insecurities to empower yourself to kind of change into being somebody who has had self-confidence, who had a strong mindset and had the ability um, to just tackle life with confidence? I stayed prayed up. You know, 
I stayed confident. Um, I told myself the opposite of what I was being told. So if I said, if I was told I was, I was ugly, I'm saying, no, you know what? You're not ugly, you're a handsome guy. If I was told that I wasn't smart, I read more. You know, I, I did everything anti of what I was being told, right, Doug? And, and then I put myself around people that I wanted to be like, you know? I, there were people in our community growing up in my childhood, like, I wanna be more like him. I wanna be more like Mr. Adams. He's a lawyer, he's a husband, he has four kids. Uh, he's a leader in our community. He's a great orator, great speaker. I want to be him. And I just kind of fixated my eyes on my possibility, not my current state. Right. I didn't wallow in the mud from the perspective of this is who I am. They're right. I won't be any further than where I am. I remained hopeful. I knew that where I was would not be the only thing I was. Yeah, it's it's so true. And and we talk a lot, you hear a lot about like inner circle and I know that's something I'm a big fan of as well. I heard you on um the Habits and Hustle podcast with Jen Cohen talking about like the importance of surrounding yourself with with smarter people in the room. Like what impact has that has that had like to where you are like now with the stuff you're doing as far as like surrounding yourself with people who bring the best out of you versus people that are just kind of dragging you down. Um you know, people say that about me, you know, they, they they're very very kind with saying, hey, I'm, I'm so glad you uplifted me today and you really helped me look at life from a different perspective. So I don't only want to be on the receiving end of that compliment. I go after and search for friends that can give me that same that I can give the compliment to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I put people in my life that I, I, I may not know what they know. Nine times out of 10, I don't. You know what I mean? I'm very limited in the in the tech space, for example, one of my closest friends is a tech guy and he's a huge venture capitalist. So I involve myself in his world and we've become great friends over the years. Um, but I learn a lot and I learn a lot from our conversations. Another good friend of mine, comedian, actor and writer. And I want to know more about that world. So I put myself in an arena of where I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I, I add value, but I also get so much more. Yeah, and I think people, they just don't understand how important their environment is until they get out and get into a different one. And when you want to get smarter, get tougher, get stronger, and, and, and you know, kind of evolve as a human, I think it's so important to do that. And you talk a lot about, um, which I find really interesting, was like, you know, five pillars of, of fitness or health, right? Emotional, spiritual, uh, mental, physical, and social. And what, like, do you think that, um, you know, it's possible to have it perfect in every single one, which I'm sure it's not. And also like, how did you come up with this kind of formula to know that it's the importance of having all five of these kind of combined to work in synchrony? Um, those five habits, uh, it's impossible to have all of them percentage wise in any given day. There's some days you're going to be spiritually full, but you may be physically depleted. Um, the whole premise of being healthy to me has always been so much more than how many push-ups you can do. You know, how, how much do you bench, bro? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. health to me is, you know, how are you taking care of yourself internally? What's your spiritual health, right? What's your social health? Who are you associating yourself with? What do you give into the room? What is the room getting back from you? Your emotional health. Do you remain happy or do you find yourself at a low nine times out of 10? 
those five pillars, if you will, of health. I came up with that because I realized uh, one day through a consultation with a potential client, she was so distraught. She was going through a divorce. She didn't know, you know, the husband made the majority of the income. She didn't know what she was going to do to support the kids because she was seeking to get full custody. And she was and she was obese. Well, she was overweight. She wasn't obese. She was overweight. She kept talking about all the emotional stuff that and completely ignored the reason why she came to lose weight. And a light bulb hit over, you know, hit to me that, wait a second, maybe there's more weight in her brain than there is in her body. So I switched my perspective, Doug, in the sense that I said to wait a second, maybe I should help her with her habits mentally, with her self-love, and then the weight would kind of take care of itself. I think oftentimes trainers approach helping people. I'm going to give you abs like you've never seen. I'm going to help you eat better. Therefore, you're going to be better. My approach is the other way around. I'm going to make you healthy internal. I'm going to help you self-love you and understand your value. And once I raise your value barometer, everything else is going to come into place. The spiritual, the social, the physical, the emotional, you know, and the mental. Yeah. So talk a little bit about self-love. I know you're, you're big on that. If you had a client or somebody that was coming to you and really struggling, you know, maybe like this, this person you're talking about with, you know, mental, emotional health and was really, you know, dig down, deep down struggling. Um, like what, what kind of things would you have them do? What kind of things would you say to them? What kind of things would you, you know, try to integrate into your training program to help them get better? Um, I think the first things I ask is what are you grateful for today? You know, and I, you know, for me in my world, repetition equals strength. The more reps you do on a particular muscle group, the stronger you're going to get, right? And so, for that reason, my consistent question would be: What are you grateful for today? What are you grateful for today? Before every session, before every time I speak to them, so that they then make it their repetition. It's not something that's just coming from me. Now it's their question for themselves every morning. What are you grateful for today? I think when you start your day off positively. It spills into your day. And if you have a moment, let's say at noon where at lunchtime somebody pisses you off or something goes wrong, you know, go back to that vitamin. That vitamin is your gratitude. You know what I mean? Like put that into your mind. You actually have the sustainable tool in order to be better uh, because you, you, you focus on I have my breath. I have my feet. I have clothes on my back. I ate a great breakfast this morning, whatever it is, that sort of mentality will push you forward to also search and add to positivity in your basket, so to speak. Um, and then don't be too big to ask for help. Or don't be in so much, you know, what I, you know, go ahead, D. I was just going to say, you know, absolutely. I think you're so right. The whole, the whole gratitude thing, you know, you can't, it's like whenever you're stressed or you, you're ever you're like feeling like down, like just having something you're grateful for just changes like the way your your brain chemistry is. 
And then, you know, just being able to like look at what you do have in your life versus what you don't have in your life. Because I think if, if we focused more on the things that we were, were blessed to have instead of the things that we didn't have, I mean, just think about it. If we're focusing on all the crap we don't have, our mind's automatically going to be negative versus on the things that we do have. Maybe it's a roof over our head at the time. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's like just that one person that doesn't quit on us. Maybe it's someone like you or someone like myself who's a trainer who's been there for them through thick and thin that they're like, you know what, like, my life might suck right now in a lot of other areas, but right now I have some good things. And, you know, I heard you talk a little bit about asking for help. And I think that's a big thing that as people were afraid to ask for help because it's the whole, you know, shame, stigma, ego, right? And I think letting the ego down and not being, you know, afraid to ask for for someone to really give you a hand is important like what's your experience been like with that with like maybe some people that you know or maybe clients that like you've had to like really encourage to ask you know for someone to really help them people are afraid to ask for many reasons you know i think you nailed hit the nail on the head when you said you know it's it's maybe it is ego you know ego to me is exiting god out so if you can just humble yourself and invite in hey, I have a quick question or how do I do this? You would be surprised how much you get in return. I think there's a limitation that we create first in our minds that people are going to judge us or people are going to or I'm, I'm going to seem weak if I ask for help. Um, you would be surprised. The most successful people in the world, they still ask for help to this day. So you would think, oh, Bill Gates doesn't need help. Warren Buffett doesn't need help. You know, your favorite celebrity doesn't need help every single day. Can you help me do this? They do it because they already know that they're empowered in their own right. And asking someone else for something they may or may not know is only going to empower them more. So if you look as if you look at help as something that's going to empower you, you won't look at it as shame. You'll always go to it to make you even stronger. It's not a weakness, it's a strength collector, right? It's all about your perception, how you perceive what you really need. Yeah, and you talk a lot about like empowerment. I know that's like a big thing of, of yours as well. And so talk about like what that means to you, what does that look like, and then how you feel that being empowered helps um, with adversity. Because I'll just give you a little bit about me. When when I was in jail, I was making excuse after excuse. I was saying, you know what? It's my parents' fault. It's my friend's fault that I'm in here. It's, you know, woe is me. I was playing the victim the whole time, and my cellmate pretty much gave me some tough love. He's like, you know, Doug, like, it's your choice from now. Like, you have the power within you. And for the first time in my life, I was so clear-minded because I had no drugs in my system. I was like, you know what? Like, he's right. I felt really empowered in that moment, and I knew it was up to me to change. And I think the minute we passed the the buck of responsibility from ourselves to someone else, we lose. So talk a little bit about empowerment and kind of what that means to you. Empowerment to me, and then um, first of all, before I answer that, um, congratulations on everything, your sobriety, congratulations on your self-discovery, and more importantly, creating a platform of healing, because I feel like every time you interview someone, it's also both therapeutic to them and to you. So keep moving forward, brother, with that first and foremost. Um, but empowerment to me is an internal thing. It is the, it is the 
invisible strength that we only possess, not what we share. You know, I can show you my power by how much I lift. I can show you my power by what's in the bank account. I can show you my power by the jet or the yacht that I own. But despite all those things, you'll never know the power of belief that I have in myself. It's a very personal thing, empowerment. What do I pull from in my darkest hour when I'm living in my shadow and not in my light? Where does my fate stand hold? Like, who am I then? When When the lights are off and I'm laying in bed, who is that man? Who is that woman? Are you empowered or are you still afraid? If you search for empowerment, you have to do that internal, selfish work, right? You have to get to know yourself. That's scary as hell. We live in a world where getting to know what everyone else is doing is much easier. You see the social media platforms we live in, be it Facebook, be it Instagram, be it even television, sports, movies. We celebrate what we see, not necessarily who we are or what we can become. You have to take time in your day, and this goes back to the five pillars. You have to take time in your day to do your own work, your quietness, your self-awareness, things you don't like. Just don't examine them without a solution. Find a resolution, but first accept them. I accept my flaws and everything that my flaws are. My flaws are not the only thing I am, but I accept them. So what? So what? laugh it off. Who cares? Right. And once once you give what could potentially once you remove power from the unspoken and you create a voice and you put your voice over that thing, it no longer controls you. It's not the loudest thing anymore. You gain that control. All of a sudden you're empowered. All of a sudden the thing that you were most afraid of, how will people perceive me Our biggest fucking fear on the planet, how people perceive me, what if they really know the truth? I'd rather hide it from them, which essentially I'm hiding it from myself. And I live in this falseness of reality, my own personal reality, as opposed to saying, hey, excuse me, this is what I am. One of my favorite movies, Eminem did Eight Mile, and he was battling the guy, you know this story. So instead of him the guy dissing him in the battle, he said, yeah, this is what's wrong with me. This is else was wrong with me. And by the way, this is wrong with me too. He owned it. And in that moment of owning it, the guy had nothing to say. Yeah, you're right. It's so true because we're, and we live in a world where you hit the nail on the head with social media, Instagram, Facebook, that we're, we're comparing our darkest moments to everyone else's highlight reel. And it's like, we, then we're looked or frowned upon for sharing like the deep dark stuff that's that is healing for for ourselves and to help other people um because so many people are ashamed like wow like i wish i could share that i wish i could share you know how much debt i'm in i wish i could share how you know messed up my relationship is i wish i could share how bad my addiction to to whatever is and i think like once we're able, I know for me, once I started sharing my story and was was open and honest about like all the shit i had in my life I was like, game over. Like, who's gonna stop me, right? I know, like, your 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 one of your your favorite Bible verses goes back to like, no we- no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And it's like, once you share your shit, that's that's what it is. It's like, who's gonna make who's gonna make fun of you? Who's gonna dig up your skeletons? Because they're already out there. You're already cool with whatever. And I think it's just my, part of my mission is to help more people share their shit, share the rawness and realness of their story, because that's what really brings out 
people. Like people are like trying to become the next influencer. They're trying to attract the next online client. In order to find your next online client or the person to really follow you, you got to get to be able to get real and resonate with them. And that's the way you do it is by sharing like the nitty gritty stuff. And, you know, feeling empowered, I know had to, for you from your childhood and everything you are at now, I know was one of the biggest reasons I think you had success on The Biggest Loser. Talk about like some of the ways, um, you know, I don't want to talk, I, I don't want to be that guy who asks a ton of Biggest Loser questions because, I mean, that's not honestly not why I'm interviewing you. I want to know like, like how did your childhood and everything you went through and then where you are now like help you when you're with these clients on the show that felt like complete garbage about where they had gotten to in that point in their life how did that help you able to like really really get inside the mind of them and in their hearts to help them see success i had an interview once i think it was my first or second season on biggest loser and one of the questions was i think because jillian michaels said that she suffered a little bit with her weight when she was younger and so someone asked me so dalvet did you were you ever obese too is that how you relate to helping these guys and i said no I, I wasn't i wasn't overweight but i was over scared right i was feared i was i was afraid I had to find my voice. And so my way of helping people, no matter what your circumstance or setback, is to help people find their voice, find their strength. And again, it goes back to that empowerment. It goes back to um, accepting who I am and forgiving myself for who I am and exposing myself unapologetically for who I am. Because once the ammunition is exposed, if the bullets are on the ground and they're used, it can't be fired back on me, right? So for me, I help people find their voice where they try to suppress it. I help people see their value when they're, they've been blind to it for years. It's the one thing that I know I love to do it's the one thing that I know that most everyone needs. Depression is at an all-time high, no matter where you are in your life. People who are overweight feel like someone who's in shape isn't possibly depressed. Someone who is in shape feels like someone who is extremely wealthy isn't possibly depressed. Someone who's extremely wealthy feels like someone who has more money than them or a family that loves them isn't possibly depressed. We all have that connection, right? That we're looking at the other person and the other side. And to your point, we're looking at our deficit, not our numbers. We're not looking at our commas, we're looking at negatives. And if we spend as much time that we spend on the thing we focus on, that's the only thing we'll ever see. So you have to broaden your mind. You have to look at yourself like, Everything that I am, not what I'm not, but everything that I am, including the things that I'm not, is a part of me and my story. But I'm going to lean on the greatness and then forgive the okayness. Yeah, and it's you, you really made some really amazing points. And you're right, depression, mental health, I believe, yeah, we're in an obesity, overweight, drug epidemic but I think it's deeper than that. I think it's the mental health, right? Because if we can't fix ourselves internally in our mind, the external stuff doesn't matter. That's why when everyone I know as a trainer 
I'm very similar training people from the inside out because it's so important. Like if, if they're not motivated internally, if they don't have a strong enough why at their core on really like why they want to like change, then the external stuff doesn't matter because they're still going to just keep chasing and chasing and chasing. And I think like talk about, you talk about like being over scared, over pained, um, over feared. Like why do you think that people get to that point where they're so scared to change, they're so feared to um, like to make a step in the right direction, and that they have that 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 pain inside of them that they're not really willing to address. Like, why do you think people are so scared to to look at those things? It's easy. They're taught that their surroundings is all of that. Maybe they were taught it in at their home. Maybe they're taught with their current friends. If everyone in your friends is complaining about someone else, including themselves. That's all you're hearing. That's all you're receiving. That's all you believe. Right. So be careful who you who's in your circle. It's very important. Be careful if you might be the toxic one in your circle. And where does that toxicity stem from? Because there's someone in your life that doesn't love themselves. And if you're surrounded by people that complain and find fault, you're not surrounded by joy. You're surrounded by a bunch of people who are in pain. You'll remain in pain if that is your circle. So sometimes you got to step back and look at your own movie. You got to watch it. Like, who are the characters in my film right now? Right. Who is, you know, and do I have a leading role? Do I have a, do I, you know, where, where, where do I stand in this? I, I do know this, though, that I can change along the way. I know that it's not limited. I know that I'm not limited. I know that if I decide to switch my circumstances, the power is in my hands to do that. Whether it's with my weight, with my mind, with my body, with my financial circumstances, with my life in general, with my family, with my love. All of those things you have the ability to change. Go ahead, Doug. Now, I was going to say, you know, and you talk a lot about like watching your own movie, watching where you're at, all the characters in it. Maybe you're the one who needs to make a decision. Has there been like any, I'm sure there has been, what, what would be like one like instance that you can remember off the top of your head that was a point where you really hit a point of darkness, where you felt hopeless, you had to like kind of really do dig deep and do some work to get yourself, you know, not in your shadow anymore, but again, into the, into the light. It's funny you ask that question. I've never spoke about this before in a live interview. It's sort of been a personal thing of mine. And I would have to say, in all honesty, it was probably in my transition from Biggest Loser to now. Why? You know, because I lived in Atlanta, had private personal training studios, had trainers that worked for me that were as much family as they were employees, people that I loved, had a great successful business. I closed that business down when I moved to LA after being here for a year and working on a successful show. 85 to 90% of my income was because of that huge platform on NBC. When the show ended, it was like, okay, now what do I do? You know, like, where do I go next? What's my next move? How do I continue to do the things that I love to do, right? Which is empower, help people, uh, television, uh, hosting, whatever it is, right? And so there was a moment there in time where I didn't have that answer. I didn't have, and I always have the answer, right? I'm a, I'm a, I give the answers all day. I'm the guy who has the answer, <laughs> right? But there was a moment there in time where 
I didn't know. I didn't realize I didn't know the, the next step. And it was scary. And I was I was afraid that it would it wouldn't happen or, you know, what do I do? And, you know, I found myself um, uh, uh, spending my savings and trying to navigate the next thing. But I stayed prayered up. I remained to uh, follow everything that I told everyone else, which was start your day with gratitude and ask for guidance and go and eat correctly and then give back everything you learned. My 5G method and knock on wood, it's 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 I've turned a corner or two, you know, things are moving in the right direction. But it happens to the best of us. You know, I know people who've been on a job for 20 some years and they've lost that job. Right. And they have to live off their pension, which isn't enough to feed their family. But you can either see that as an opportunity to reinvent, to rediscover or to fail. Failure is not an option in my mind. I will move forward no matter what's thrown my way. Because, again, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I love that. And I think, you know, people, they see somebody like yourself who's, you know, celebrity fitness trainer. I know you've worked with some amazing clientele and been on, like, you know, the, the most probably the, arguably the most famous fitness show ever, right? And, 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 and they think that like, wow, this guy's got it all together. And that when he leaves the biggest loser, he's going to go on. He's going to be, he's going to star in this and star in that. What they don't understand is that's not the way life is. And life's going to throw you curveballs. You're going to hit points of adversity where you're, where you have to dip back and you got to really dig deep and focus on like what, what works and what you're telling other people. And I think as coaches, at least for me, I struggle. One of my biggest struggles is practicing what I preach sometimes. Like if I'm like in a, in a rough spot, like staying prayered up, you know, keeping in gratitude, you know, making sure that I'm like calling mentors of mine and friends, making sure that I'm, you know, I, I try, I, I eat well most of the time and I work out. It's still like that, the whole mind thing. So like, you know, you talk about the five G's, right? Like what is that like approach? I'm sure, um, it sounds like giving and gratitude is a big part of it. Like what else goes into that and how has it helped you? The 5G method is very simple. You know, it starts with G, obviously, being God for me. It's like, okay, how do I turn my five fingers into a fist? How do I become the strongest version of myself? You know, and I'm going to take care of all of these fingers throughout my day in order to become strong. The first thing I do is, again, I wake up with gratitude. G, number one, grateful for what I have, grateful for where I am in life, grateful for breath. Then I'm going to ask for guidance. God, direct me where I need to go. Who should I speak to today? What would be the best direction for me to go? Give me some guidance. You know, maybe it is to your point, a mentor, someone I can, you know, sort of, you know, spill my thoughts on and they give me some guidance back then. Right. So I, I start with gratitude. I get I go for guidance and then I'm going to go. Go is important. It's an important factor that I think is something that you and I relate to, Doug, we have to move our bodies, right? We can't be dormant. You have to have some level of activity. you got to move those bones. You have to. And after that, I'm going to graze. Graze, G-R-A-Z-E, means I'm going to make good small choices every single day, every day, right? Um, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to skip breakfast, skip lunch, and have a huge dinner, right? That's gluttonous. That's the G you don't want. You want to, you want to graze small meals all throughout the day, but good positive choices. You stay light, your energy level stays high and, um, you, you are who you're supposed to be if you do that correctly. And the last thing is give. It's my favorite of the five G method because give means 
in this conversation, we are giving one another um, fuel to fight. So when we hang up this phone, it's like, wow, I needed what Doug said today. Doug will say, I needed what Dalbet said today. And we gave each other some perspective. Hopefully there's someone listening to um, your podcast and I've given them something that they can also hold on to, to make an adjustment or a pivot in their life. Um, Get the gratitude, ask for the guidance, go move your body, graze throughout your day, and most importantly, give. That's the 5G method. It's amazing. And um, I think like you, you, you put it so simply, I think we try to overcomplicate things in life. And I think with that, like if you could just do those five, those five things every single day and be consistent with it the best you can, like how much happier will you be? And I heard you talk about graze and nutrition. And I think the, one of the things that we all get caught up in is nutrition is just what we eat, just what we put in our mouths. But I think it's so much more than that. It's what we watch. It's what we listen to. It's what we're reading. It's who we're surrounding ourselves with. Like, like talk about the types of deeper diet. Yeah. Like talk about the, talk about some of the things you do to kind of stay like nutritionally fit outside of like, the food, like, do you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? I know I heard, I've heard you mention that you obviously spend a lot of time in prayer, but what kind of things do you do? Um, you know, I, I keep positive people in my life that, that, you know, I really feed off of good conversation. You know, I really feed off of positive energy. So I try to make sure that I have someone in my life that I know I can get that from on a daily basis. Um, music is my escape. Right. I love it. So I always lean to hear into some good music and be it a distraction in the background just to keep my levels in a positive state or on purpose as I'm working out something really angry to help push that emotion out of me, you know. Um, but I also, as I've always said, I pray often. I meditate. I um, um, just try to keep myself at peace nine times out of ten. And then I, I, I push myself. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give the perspective that everything is Zen and everything is flat. I, I push myself because I expect a lot from myself. So I, I challenge myself to do something once in a while that I'm afraid to do or that I haven't conquered yet, just to kind of see, you know, where you at, you know, what's the gut check, you know, are you, are you, are you alive, <laughs> right? Or is everything a coast? I don't want to coast through shit. I want to make sure for a fact that I'm pushing myself to find my grade. Amazing. And, you know, I think, you know, you really you brought up something that was really, you know, powerful and the importance of prayer and getting quiet and really just taking some time to let your thoughts kind of clear out of your mind because our minds are running, you know, 3,000 miles an hour all day, every day, and just having to sit with peace, which I'm sure helps formulate this, this super strong mindset you have that I'm super fascinated about, about, you know, the whole notion of no weapon against you shall prosper. Um, failure isn't an option. Like, what does that really like mean to you? And is it like a daily practice for you to kind of like fine tune that? Because I mean, stuff gets thrown in our, in our way every single day, doesn't it? Absolutely. It does. And of course it's daily. It's daily because I go to the gym every day. I mean, take one or two days off in a week if I'm lucky, probably one, just to recover. But I go every day, and, you know, and someone said to me once, why are you still working out? You already have muscles. It's not for, it's for the maintenance. It's for the release. It's for the stress, right? So 
it's the same thing that I do with my mindset. You know, it's, 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 I, I do, th- I do those things continually, uh, that, that, that 5g method every single day, because I have to, I gotta have something to hold on to, to make me strong. You know, I was taught that I'm not good enough. I was taught that I wouldn't be where I am and have the things that I have or, or doing, I've done the things that I've done or doing, you know, I'm in action mode right now. That action mode and this life that I've built is a hundred percent based on my relentlessness. I won't stop going. And even when fear tries to be false in front of me, I don't focus on it. I say, okay, this is what I'm afraid. What am I going to do about it? I taught myself to face it, to look at it, to talk talk through it, to talk to it. I've taught myself all these things because I had to. It's either that or believe the shit, you know? Believe what, oh, he's just that. You know, the limitations that people have on themselves that they put on other people. You know, I, 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 I'm more than your trainer, right? <laughs> I'm more than the limitation of what you might think I am. I know that whether you believe that or not, that's between you and your own belief. If someone sees great in you, it's because they see great in themselves. If someone sees limitation, doubt, fear, those are their friends too. So forget what people give you. That's on them first. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we, we, and you, you you talked a lot about you know facing your fear and getting uncomfortable and looking at it and having a choice whether you're going to be fearful or you're going to overcome it. Why do you think so many people get shackled by fear? That's some, one of the questions I get a lot is like, how do you overcome fear? And I'm always one of the things I always try to tell them is like, well, fear can, fear is just temporary. If you it's regret can be permanent. Like, why do you think so many people just are afraid to to really face their fears? scary it is very scary isn't it it's scary that's why people don't want to talk about where they're weak no one's out here saying you know i suck at this i'm terrible you know no one's out here they're not bragging about where they where they're not good and and i think if you can get past yourself, you'd find so much more out about yourself, right? That's what this whole conversation is really stemming from, right, Doug? It's like, if only we didn't hold ourselves at such high regard and viewed ourselves as being great regardless, we're all, we're all, we all have shortcomings everywhere. Nobody's perfect nobody's perfect start there (laughs) you know start there start there start telling yourself well no one else is i'm not the only imperfect person in this world no one else is fully perfect at everything this is my one thing that i'm not or two things that i'm not good at but what am i good at and you have to start doing that so um i don't even know if i answered your question other than to say well, that's how you yeah. build confidence, right? I mean, you build confidence by focusing on your strengths. And I think it's important to look at some things maybe you aren't good at. But I think if you just put all your focus into those things, you're going to have this mindset of somebody who isn't enough, somebody who sucks, somebody who is not going to make it versus focusing on some things that you have been blessed with at the time. And it all comes back, like we've said, to gratitude. And I was 
sorry to cut you off. I was watching Shark Tank last night and this young man, he had to be 22, 23 years old. Um, he was an inventor and he invented this product where you cut uh, wrapping paper and he's a, a 30 year student at Stanford now, but he, he suffered from dyslexia very bad. And you know, where he didn't see numbers the right way, or he read his, you know, he read, uh, didn't see uh, words the right way. He was then put into a school with other dyslexic people. Right. And, and, and that's where he thrived. And he felt, wow, there are people just like me. And now he's running a very successful, successful business. So just because you have a, um, uh, just because you have a limitation or something that, you know, others will say makes you inferior doesn't mean that you're inferior. There's a way to find your strength. There really is. And I just want to send that message home. Yeah. Amen to that. I think our identity and who we believe we are gets hijacked based on the lies that we hear from society, the lies we hear from people. And we start to believe those things. And it's just like, you know, you didn't, you're, I always like to say like, you're not a fuck up. You just fucked up. You made, you made a bad, bad choice. It doesn't define you for the rest of your life. Right. So to kind of, to kind of close, you know, the, like one of the things I want to know before I ask you the final question on, um, the advice you give to someone going through adversity, what kind of things are you doing now? I mean, I know you've shifted from being again on the biggest loser to now, you know, obviously you're still really into health and fitness. What kind of things are you doing now? Like what's on the horizon for you? Well, I've, um, I put myself in the type two diabetes space and helping out people with type two diabetes very strongly. In fact, um, I'm working with a, a company, Nova Nordisk. They're based out of, um, New Jersey, they come with an amazing product to help people with their A1C, reduce their A1C, but obviously through exercise and checking with your doctors and things of that nature. So I have a huge campaign coming out next year that I've been working with them all of last year and now also going into uh, the following the coming year for 2020. Really super, super excited about that. You know, my mother passed away and she had type 2 diabetes. So everyone I help is like me helping my mom all over again. Um, that's important to me. Um, Still investing in the fitness space to some degree, um, looking into tackling recovery and, re and building out recovery places, um, uh, working on a multi-city tour next year that I'm really excited about, and finishing up my second book. So just a few things. That's awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure it's all going to turn out. Um, phenomenal. And it's just cool to kind of see your transformation as well. I mean, you, you don't, we don't really look at people like yourself sometimes as transformations because we, we see you in the spotlight in the media and you're like, wow, like that person's, you know, never going to hit adversity and just seeing where you were then the stepping stones to kind of where you are now. So my final question has to do with adversity. And I know we talked a little bit about this is if you had somebody, maybe it's a client on the show, maybe it's your friend you were talking about who went through the divorce, your client, and they were in the depths of despair. They were hopeless. They were in a dark spot. They just felt like they had no way out. What advice would you, what would you tell somebody who was in that situation? Accept it. Just accept it. Don't, don't wish it away. Don't hope it away. Just say, okay, this is what it is. Because once you look something in its face, you limit its power. Oof. That's the first thing. Accept it. This is what it is. 
Now, if someone else was going through this, what would I say to them? I need to say that to myself. Now, if someone else was going through this, where would I send them? Who would I send them to talk to? I need to talk to that person. Now, how do I get better? What's the one thing I can do at this very moment? Remove eventually out of your mind and do something now. Oftentimes when we go through stuff, we always say, I'm going to call so-and-so or, or tomorrow when I, as a po- so we don't do anything anymore based on immediacy. We do it on eventually. Leave eventually the fuck alone. Do it immediately. I am going to get up right now and drink some water because I'm dehydrated. You know what I mean? I'm going to hang up the phone with Doug, hang up this call with Doug, and I am going to go work out. I just got to get rid of my my stress immediately. Yeah, I mean, such great advice and what an, what an awesome way to end the the, the show, because I think so many people, they, they look at adversity, they look at these fears, and they want to run away from it. They want to just kind of push it to the side, not deal with it. But the minute you face it, the minute you say, you know what, like I'm accepting where I'm at, it's not going to be like this forever, I'm going to be a better version of myself because of it, you limit its power. And, you know, Dolvet, man, I am so thankful that you hopped on the show. Um, there's a lot of insight, a lot of nuggets that people will get from this, and they see just somebody who when they on the outside they might look and say you know what this guy's always had it all together but they will soon know that you know we we all face challenges and so I'm looking forward for people to listen to this you know once again um, we thank you for coming on uh, I'm your host Doug Bopes with the Adversity Advantage and we'll catch you next time.